Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. All right. Joining me today, we've got Coach Fabry of Quinnipiac Women's Basketball. Coach, thanks so much for joining me today. Jared, thanks for having me. So, Coach, anytime I've got a a coach on the podcast, I always love to start with the the origin story a little bit. I know you started coaching immediately, pretty much after, after playing. When was it that you realized you wanted to become a coach? And what's that journey been like for you to this point? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been fantastic, right? Um, it's, it's actually an interesting story, right? So I, after I graduated Fairfield, I went home with all my high school girlfriends. We got a house down the Jersey Shore. I'm from South Jersey. I uh, was kind of actually wide open with what the next step was going to be. Um, got a, like a part-time gig being a cocktail waitress of all things, working down in the casinos. And um, it was going to, you know, eventually, you know, figure out what, what the next step was going to be. Mm-hmm. But um, Diane Nolan called me back and had a grad assistant position lined up at Fairfield. And um, I said, sure, I'll take that, you know, Beats going to find like a real job and went back to Fairfield. Obviously love my playing days and my college days there. And, um, uh, you know, fell in love with just, just the game, like the other side of it. Right. Loved playing, loved everything about, um, Fairfield and my playing days and, and, you know, on the other side of the fence, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. putting the heels on, tra- tra- you know, trading the sneakers for the heels and, and, and just loved it. Like just loved, you know, they were my former like best friends as players going back and coaching and, yeah. and loved being part of the, the strategy and the timeouts and, and working and, and um, being on still on the car, on the court. And probably the best part that I still love to this day, um, 27 years later, being at Quinnipiac after spending four years coaching where I, I played my, my college years is being a part of a team, mm-hmm. like ultimately, I don't know what I would do not being a part of a team since I can remember my mom signing me up for soccer in the AA down in, in Del Rand. <laughs> so I think that's ultimately truly what I absolutely love being a part of the team, being around these young women who obviously keep me on my toes, really youthful and um, love it every, every day. Absolutely love it every day. How has the Quinnipiac program grown since you've started there? I, I know it's come quite a long way when you when you look at what the records were early on to, to where they've been. Of oh, late. my what, gosh. What's, what's Jared, like? you're, you, you want this conversation only to be an hour. Like, <laughs> so, um, you know, we, I was, you know, down at a great program that, you know, even as a player, I played in two NCAA tournaments down at Fairfield. We were the first team to, to make the, the NCAA tournament uh, at Fairfield. Not, I can't say men or women, but, um, you know, and, I, you know, I was 25 and ready to become a head coach. Spoken like a true, you know, like know everything at 25. And the Quinnipiac position had opened up as a head coach. I was actually engaged at the time and, and going to get married. And it was, a you know, a division two job at the time. Um, and, but it played and I didn't know really much about the university or the program, but I knew it played in the 
the NE10, which is a powerhouse of a division two women's basketball conference. Right. So mm-hmm. I was like, that was like the Bentleys and the Stonehills of okay. the world that, that, you know, they played for national championships. So I was just, you know, eager that this is a great jumping off point for me, right. Get into a, a division two job, um, head coach, and that, you know, it's a great conference that is loaded with really good women's basketball. Mm-hmm. And that was really appealing for myself. At the time, it was a part-time and it was going full-time position. So threw my hat in the ring and uh, interviewed with Burt Kahn, got the job. I think I got the job probably primarily because he had two Labrador retrievers that I didn't, I was unfazed that when they just were very friendly and hopped on me. And then I left the interview and I was covered in their, their dog hair. Um, and I just, you know, just left and was, you know, just not, not struck with like, Oh, this is something different having the dogs in the interview. Um, but, you know, got the job and it was moving full time. And I, I didn't really realize at the time that there was these big plans with, you know, um, John Leahy at the moment. And they were hiring actually that Bert was retiring and they were hiring. It was going to be a new job process with, for a new AD and we were moving division one. So I was like, OK, you know, there was there was a lot to be done in a short amount of time. So um, but there was there was a really a commitment going forward and you had to withstand the, the real growing pains. Um, those growing pains were real. And I, I took the job and I, uh, you can ask my mother, I think I was calling her almost every other night, what felt like going, I think, I think I, I may have ruined my life taking this position. So, um, but there was a long way to go, but there was real commitment behind it. And when Jack McDonald, Donald was hired, hiring, he just, he, there was unwavering belief in the road that it was going to take. And then and the, the biggest thing was that there was going to be time um, granted for all these changes to happen. Like I was the first full-time female hired at Quinnipiac, that there would be staff coming. Um, there would be a, a real budget eventually happening. So, you know, when they say from the ground up, that was really the truth. Um, and it, it takes time and to, but to endure, you know, um, that process was, you know, really humbling, but you look at it now all these years later and you can see there's much to be proud of. Yeah. How much of what was laid down there in in those early days has led and really built that foundation for success that you and your team have had over the past decade of, of, you know, really being a a perennial NCAA tournament contender. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it really was, um, when you say step-by-step, step, I mean, that was really step-by-step step because mm-hmm. it was from division two to three years later going division one with like, it was a part-time position, no staff, no, no budget. Like it was all just happening yeah. and it had to be endured, but it, it it's worth it. Right. Like nothing, you know, yeah. it, and it had to happen and to really watch it from its inception to take those necessary steps. And I think the blessing is to have, um, uh, an athletic director that knows that it's going to take time was, I was really thankful because a lot of times you just have someone that thinks it should be happening a lot quicker than is needed. And then, you know, I think things could have been a lot different. So I I'm, I'm thankful for that, but you know, when, once we moved in after a couple of years and we were able to get staff and really scholarships and a budget, mm-hmm. 
then, you know, once we went into the NEC that first year, we didn't make the playoffs, you know, top eight mate went and we were able to make those playoffs and then start to really kind of see it from there and then, and, and try and get some consistency in building a, a winning program. So enough about looking far back in, in, in the past year and in a little more recent, what was last year like for you and your team? I, I've been oh. curious as I've been talking with other coaches, just given all of the, the craziness and mayhem going on, what was it like for you and your team to, to even get through a season? Yeah, it's Jared. It's really, I was just talking to um, one of our local uh, uh, news anchors. I think I was so thankful from personally and I think our players that we had a season mm-hmm. and that we were able to have basketball to get through the pandemic because when we were home the summer prior and, and not doing, especially for me, having done um, for 25 plus years, everything, like what, what your creature of habit, like what your July looks like, what your August looks like, what your fall looks like, mm-hmm. like it has a rhythm. And when you didn't have it, I, I mean, this fish was out of water <laughs> and, and it was just, it, it, you didn't know what, what way to turn, what way, what was up or down. It was really disturbing. And, and again, doing everything via zoom, like it was yeah. just so foreign to me and it felt a part of, it was so unnatural and not real. Like it just didn't feel real. So I, in that regard, I was glad that I could see our staff. I could see our players. We could be together. But now looking back on what we're doing now and then what was actually transpiring, trying to play basketball, it was really difficult. And so, and it sounds like, you know, people were dying and I was so thankful what we had basketball. I look back and we're getting ready to have Thanksgiving. Like, we were cooking Thanksgiving. People couldn't come over our house for Thanksgiving. We were heating up Thanksgiving dinner, like at my in-laws house and like transporting it here. Like it just was such a crazy way of doing business that it was almost unhealthy way of having a season, but at least we had it. We had the season and we were so thankful to have it and be playing. And we, the crazy thing is we didn't have a COVID case, but we went back from like potting our, team and force and staying healthy and but if someone got COVID or we saw other teams get COVID like the shame that they had they had to carry like that was unreasonable like that like I felt bad and then we were cocooning like it went from basketball to like going back and living in cocooning and that like and it's it took a toll like Definitely, and the closer yeah. it got and the closer it got to like the end of the year where the MAC championships were going to happen, like people were cocooning. And it was like, that, that was taking a mental challenge. Like what our each individual family did, like my husband taught, he was in the classroom. I was like, make sure you're wearing a mask, make sure you're not getting traced. So I don't get traced. Like my son worked, had a job. He was at home. Um, I wouldn't let him take a train to his job. So he wouldn't be traced. Like, it, 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 what everyone yeah. was doing to have a season, not only the, the students, but each individual staff and their Different. families and the trainers, like the levels that it went to, it was I- incredible to have it. So, um, in retrospect, I'm so glad that, you know, it, it's different this year yeah. and it's more normal. And no. it was really a challenge last year. And I know that it, 
thank God we had basketball, but going, doing everything that we were doing besides the testing and everyone making it happen and so grateful that we had it. But in retrospect, trying to play basketball through the global pandemic and what the seating on the bus, it just was incredible experience. What's it been like getting back to a more normal off season this year? What's it been like for your team? Awesome. Like, and then, so that's like the, the, you know, from totally simplifying and pulling back in the bare minimum to have basketball last year. What, what we have had this summer of the ability to be in each other's company and the, and have us and to be together and the joy of bringing your rookies that never had an official visit to be in each other's company, to have a summer workout, to have people come to your house. The, the, it was like Christmas every day. It really was. And, and, and to just to be together, to have a meal together, um, to work out together, to get better together, to really organically get to, to know each other like it once was, was just beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. And I think every team in, in, in the country is feeling the same way. Yeah. You know, once you have something that is really taken away or so challenging, the appreciation and, and the, the gratitude that we all have to play basketball is just, you know, the, the, the gratitude um, and the love um, of teammates and family. When you say that, mm-hmm is really real like it's it's really real and it's beautiful and and the connectivity that i think all these teams have is Mm -hmm. is real so take us through you've been going through the off season here what are your thoughts on your team heading into this season yes um first of all it it when we say family we mean family Mm -hmm. you know i i think that's been number one um, I love our experience that's back, you know, um, and I love that every team, ours included, have seen and faced incredible challenges and have come through them, um, grittier, um, more connected, tougher, um, because of it. So with that said, I think, um, you know, I, I think we're, we're clearly talented. Uh, I, I love um, our returners um, leading the way. I love um, our depth. I love our depth. I love um, that our newcomers, our youth are really connected and that they have together, we have really embraced each other and our compete has been at a really high level. I don't love our turnovers. Um, so we're trying to get rid of our exercise, our, our turnovers right now. So, but with that being said, we have really looked at and we have tweaked a little bit of us off offensively, our offensive uh, system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, and, and, and put in some, some new, I think we've changed a little bit of us offensively. Um, because of, you know, what we've been doing for a while, which has been good. And I think we have a little bit different personnel. Um, so we're, we're trying to, I think best fit our personnel to Excel. So I think that's where, you know, again, we're, we're, we're going to 
eliminate with time and, and handle our turnovers a little bit better. In terms of the roster, break down some of those returners and then maybe some of the new players you've got for, for fans who might be tuned in to you and your program for the first time this season. Yeah, so um, we have our uh, Mackenzie DeWeese and Michaela Morris, who are unanimous selections on our preseason um, all-MAC teams. MAC was selected as the MAC Player of the Year um, last year. So both players had um, really dominating years last year for us. And um, they play both ends of the floor. They are really complete players. What I like between both of them is they really are very slippery together. I think mm-hmm. um, Michaela Morris is a really skilled interior player, versatile to face, and a really good passing uh, interior player. Mac DeWeese finishes is on the receiving end of a lot of those passes from a big player. Um, Mac really gets us going and Mick gets us going from a defensive perspective mm-hmm. into offense and transition. And they're both of them are high end, high energy on both sides of the ball. Rose Caverly uh, came in and had a great season for us this year, last year, excuse us. And we're able to move her to the shooting guard, lead guard spot, shooting guard spot with, we have a, a, a hometown gal returning from Nebraska in Mackenzie Helms. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's running the, the point for us this year, and she's a great playmaker. So I think that allows us our perimeter game really to be fast up the floor, great up-tempo, and pretty dynamic between Helms, Caverly, and Deweese, really able to be interchangeable. And I think that's part of us figuring out us because mm-hmm. we've been pretty structured in who handles the ball, but we have really – three guards that are really skilled at passing, shooting, and playmaking. So that's part of, um, oh, I think, opening up the offense and transition to be less structured. Followed with, uh, we have Amani Free and Katera Haywood at the four spot that are really good size, good defenders, good shooting forward. So, um, and that gives us our up-tempo along with mm. uh, Michaela Morris. So now blending that in, um, with our youth is Raven Douglas out of North Carolina, who has been really good as a perimeter player. Tierra White is a sophomore on the interior um, to back up Mick with some good minutes. And then um, we also have Jill um, uh, Haley Smith, uh, Jill Casey uh, on the perimeter, uh, along with uh, Corinne Moresti. And oh my gosh, uh, a nice sized kid out of Massachusetts with some athleticism and some size on the interior, along with Grace Labarge from Illinois. I like to say with the rookies, they've been speaking French and they're starting to learn a little English, um, some Bobcat English. So um, yeah, they're going to take a little more time, but that's what I mean with the depth. So yeah, that's, that's coming. In terms of, you know, the the conference this year what are your thoughts on, on the way that the mac you know might shake up in, in terms of i know year in and year out it's always you know one of the more competitive conferences out there yes well traditionally speaking i think it's been quinnipiac marist yeah who have represented the the mac in the postseason and iona has snuck in there for one i do feel very strongly that the league top to bottom 
has become very, very competitive with their rosters. Manhattan um, has been um, really knocking on the door as well. And they do return um, a really nice guard um, in D.D. Davis and a nice interior presence in Courtney Worley um, Mm -hmm. with great experience. And they have incredible depth on their roster as well. So I see them really uh, is really sitting and has been knocking on the door the last two years. So I think they're in the mix. Fairfield has got a great offensive player and Lou Lopez Seneschal from France. She's really dynamic offensively and they've got a veteran roster as well. So I think they're going to be right in there um, competing for a title this year. Joe Frager has announced his retirement and I think they really like to go out on top for their coach. And I think they have the personnel in the roster to do that um, as well. You can never knock um, and count out Marist. It speaks for itself and in the program and Brian George is one of the best. Ryder has had our number and they return everybody from a really good roster. And they've got the depth, the athleticism, the numbers, uh, and a really good offensive firepower in fireball. Um, So I I think they're, they're the top five right there. And I think, uh, you know, St. Peter's had a really good year last year. So they're, they're six teams, yeah. Iona. We didn't see them last year. Um, you know, I think they're always competitive. So I think really there's seven teams. We had a couple of new coaches in the league. Sienna returns a lot to their roster with a new coach. So I just named, I think that's yeah. eight teams right there. So I think, I think the, the league top to bottom has really competitive rosters with new coaches in the mix and some old names that you expect at the top. Yeah, no, com- competitive league, a lot of returning players. You're going to have yes. fans back in the stands. I, I'm already getting excited for, for everything to, to, be, to be kicking yeah, off already. I, I, think, I think this is, this is, yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited about watching women's basketball in the MAC for sure. Uh, I'll get you out of here on, on this question. Women's college basketball in general, it seems, the parity has really grown uh, of late what are your thoughts having been around the game for so long I mean we saw what you and your teams have done in the NCAA tournament you know we've seen teams that that haven't necessarily been in the national championship picture in the past starting to to get back in that picture there so what are your thoughts on on the game in general and kind of looking forward for it yeah I think you know probably the last five years that everything that you just said Jared is really true you have seen a little a little crack in that sweet 16 where you have seen some mid-majors, the Buffaloes, the Central Michigans, the Florida Gulf Coast, Quinnipiacs, um, start to make a little, a little inroad into those games, uh, which has been good for women's basketball. So, and the same is held true, right? Um, Where you've seen the Notre Dames, the Baylors, the South Carolinas, start to make to those sweet, the, the, excuse me, the final four elite eights. And then you just saw Stanford, Arizona, right? So it's just, it's fun. It's great for the game, right? There's been such incredible interest and one could argue, um, well, at least a women's basketball coach is going to argue the women's basketball tournament. The final four was more exciting than the men's tournament last year. (laughs) Um, I do feel that South Carolina and UConn this year are are really kind of built for some speed. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, this year, but you know, you had Iowa, 
you know, in, in the two freshmen in, in Paige right. and, and Caitlin, Caitlin Clark, yeah. um, you know, those two rookies made incredible headlines and interest in the women's game. You're going to keep seeing those as those rookies keep coming out and go to, you know, Iowa's and, and, and land at some different places in Texas. You got Carol Lawson down at Duke. Yeah. It makes the college game so, so great across the board. So I think that's going to continue to be a headline and an interest in some great stories across the board for women's basketball, besides the traditional powers that you, you continue to see at like the Yukons, right? Um, you see Kim Mulkey moving to LSU. It's all interesting, right? And that's going to continue, but it's there's a lot of a lot of new news in 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 um you know the transfer how that's going to impact you know just this year yeah. next year going forward and and what other programs could continue to rise quickly um not only with the coaching chains and how that does impact those programs including ours you know do they stay at the power five those transfers on that line are are they going to move um to different conferences mm-hmm. you know how does that all impact women's basketball? And and it does make for a really exciting tournament, really exciting different conferences and really where the, the mid majors are getting in and to the sweet 16 and can they move to the elite eight? I, I, you know, there's a lot of opportunity. I think a lot of great coaches, a lot of great programs that, that don't need to be in the power five are doing a great job um, to be in a position to win those games and advance into that second week weekend. Absolutely. Well, Coach, I really appreciate the time today. Best of luck as you get ready to get the season underway and and good luck to you and your team this year. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Jared. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.